as you might have just kind of guessed by looking at the passage that we selected, my, my desire here is just to kind of provide in some ways a, almost like a biblical explanation for why our diaconal team, our church, is excited about what World Relief is doing and why we're wanting to partner with them. Um, what we just heard from was some of the very earliest instructions that God gave to his people. If you know the story of the Old Testament at all, you know that God's people were rescued out of slavery from Exodus, sorry, from Egypt, and then they were brought to Mount Sinai, and then Mount Sinai says, now let me tell you what it looks like to belong to me. And that's what we have here. We have from Leviticus some of God's instructions about here's what it looks like to be my people. And I just briefly, in our remaining time, want to make three observations about this passage that hopefully will kind of connect to what we've just been talking about. And the first observation I'd like us just to notice is that God calls his people to be strange. So if you uh, see verse 2, we just read, speak to the people of Israel and say to them, I'm the Lord your God. And then he says, you shall not do as they do in the land of Egypt. Now think about this. For 300 years, Israel was in the land of Egypt. This was their customs. Their culture was the culture of surrounded by Egypt. God is saying, no longer do what feels normal to you. Don't follow the culture that you used to. But then he also says, and not only that, you shall not do as they do in the land of Canaan, to which I am bringing you. Some of you know that Jennifer and I for four years lived in Australia, and remember, especially early on, we were experiencing the culture differences, and we kept on kind of reminding each other it's different, but we'll try it their way. Like, that was the thing that we kept on reminding because it felt odd. And, and God's saying, I don't want you to do what you've always done. I'm going to invite you a different way. But I also don't want you to do, once you move into Canaan, what everyone else does. I'm going to ask you to do something that feels strange by everyone's standards, and here's why. I want you to learn to do things my way. Perhaps you notice that right after he says, Don't do as they do in the land of Canaan, to which I'm bringing you. You shall not walk in their statutes. You shall follow my rules and keep my statutes and walk in them. I am the Lord your God. Perhaps you notice that was repeated throughout our passage. And actually, if we read all of chapters 18 and 19, we would hear it again and again. I am the Lord your God. I am the Lord your God. It almost kind of feels like an exclamation point, like, I have spoken. But actually, God is doing more than that. He is saying, here's the reason I'm giving you this instructions. Because I'm your God, and this is my way. Because I am different, and I want you to be a people who look like me. So in chapter 19, and part of the place we skipped because we couldn't read all of the chapters, in chapter 19, verse 1, he says, I want you to be holy because I am holy. I want you to be different. I want you to be set apart. I want you to be strange because I am different and set apart and I appear strange to the world. I want you to reflect me even though it will be counterintuitive to you. God calls his people to be strange. That is the way it was way back then. It's the way it continues to be today. We should not be surprised if the way of Jesus feels odd to us. In fact, if it never feels odd to us, we should be concerned because God calls us to do something that is different. Second observation kind of related to that. One of the ways we see this difference is where we get to the end of the passage that was read. So, as I said, we've skipped a couple of verses throughout, and, and one of them in chapter 19 is one of the most famous commands in the Old Testament, where God says, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. Probably you've heard that before, if you've heard the teachings of Jesus at all. When Jesus, many, many centuries later, has asked, how do you summarize the law? He says two commands, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And the second is like it, 
you shall love your neighbor as yourself. And if we were to spend some time kind of looking at the way that, that the, Moses, the law of Moses kind of fleshes this out, there are things that we probably would expect. It speaks of how you should speak respectfully to those with whom you disagree and, and, and give them dignity. That, that you should deal justly with poor and rich alike. If someone is without money and you have extra, you should give. You should loan without interest. This is what it looks like to love your neighbor as yourself. Jesus gives it texture when he's teaching and he says, do unto others as they would have you, I mean, as you would have them do unto you. The golden rule. This is what it looks like to love your neighbor as yourself, which is a high standard if you think about it. Just think for a moment of, of how to love someone else like you love yourself. When you're talking about something like that level of care, you're talking about treating, in this context, your fellow countrymen like family. Like you just do it because that's what you're supposed to do, because you care for people. Now that's already countercultural. But the remarkable thing, I think, is where you get to the very end of our passage. Did you notice what it says? It says, when a stranger sojourns with you in your land. So, a stranger. That word stranger, uh, I was looking this up, and in Hebrew, it's, it's referring specifically to people who have been displaced. So, people from another country who either because of economic reasons or because of, of, of safety, because of warfare, that kind of thing, have been forced to leave their home, leave their land, and take shelter in another nation. That's exactly what we've been talking about throughout this morning, right? So, that's what it's talking about. When a stranger sojourns with you in your land, you shall not do him wrong. Now, that part's not counterintuitive. We would expect God to say, don't wrong the person who's sojourning in your land. But notice how it goes on. You shall treat the stranger who sojourns with you as the native among you, and you shall love him as yourself. Now, just think about if you were from the perspective of Israel, let's say now that you're living in the land of Canaan. This is, you know, 50 years later. Imagine who that stranger, that sojourner is to you. You have no natural bonds to them. They've just somehow kind of lived in your area. There is no bonds of kind of national loyalty. For all you know, this person could have actually been from someone, one of the, like, the enemy nations. Think about, like, if you are in Ukraine and some Russian family is looking to take shelter, there could be a lot of suspicion. There's not these bonds of loyalty. Uh, there's not natural bonds of affinity. These people who are coming from a different nation are not a natural connection point. You might not be able to speak their language. You probably have different customs. You might be offended by their worship of a completely different God. And, and they're not necessarily even easy. I mean, these are people who come without any ability to give back. They are people who in many ways come with, with powerlessness. The only thing that they have to bring in some ways is that they are nearby and they have need. And, and God says, you shall not just be okay to them, and, and not just kind of show a degree of kindness to them, but you shall treat them like you would treat any other neighbor. You shall treat them like you would treat yourself. This is where things get countercultural. Hospitality was a big deal throughout the Middle East in the ancient times, even as it is today. And you, of course, if you had like a, a second cousin seven times removed coming to your household, you would welcome them because there is an obligation to love family. 
And maybe even if you had a fellow citizen who was in a time of need, you would welcome them in because that's what you do. But you wouldn't treat someone who has no connection to you whatsoever in the same way. And yet God says, that is what you do because I'm calling you to be weird. I'm calling you to show hospitality that is radical and unlike any other people. And if we know Scripture, we know that this just kind of begins a theme that runs throughout the Bible of something that is supposed to be a distinctive of the people of God. If you know the story of Ruth, what makes Boaz such a praiseworthy person? He sees this woman from Moab, and he welcomes her in, and he gives her shelter, and he takes care of her. That's the radical hospitality that God's talking about here. Or in the New Testament, when the Bible lays out the qualifications for church leaders, one of the main ones it says is that they must be hospitable. And what that word literally means is one who loves the stranger. Because that's how central it is. Or think of Jesus when Jesus is in the temple. And we know the scene. He's turning over the tables. He's sending the animals out. Do you know why he's doing this with such passion? Because he's doing it in the area that was reserved for the stranger, for the outsider. This was the place where the Gentile was allowed to come near to God. Jesus cared because God calls his people to be radically hospitable to the sojourner, to the stranger. That's the second observation. And the third observation that I want us to notice from this passage kind of brings the first two together. Do you, do you notice the, the, the reason that God gives? I mean, part of it is kind of this, the, the golden rule that we've talked about. You shall love him as yourself, for you are strangers. Do you remember when you were in Egypt how you wish you were treated that is how you should treat them. But he goes on. What does he say? I am the Lord your God. Remember, that's his way of saying, I want you to do this because this is my way. He's, he makes this even more explicit if we were to look at, at Deuteronomy chapter 10. Deuteronomy 10 said, God loves the sojourner, giving him food and clothing. Therefore, you must love the sojourner. Do you hear that? He's saying, I want you to be radically hospitable. Because I am radically hospitable. God is saying that at the very heart of who he is, he delights in welcoming at great cost to himself one who cannot possibly give him back. He, he loves bringing people to the table who otherwise would be outsiders. And if we just think about that for a moment and just kind of let it sin in, sink in, well, what we have here really is at the very heart of the gospel, isn't it? I mean, here's what we're saying. We're saying God, for all eternity, Father, Son, and Spirit, in a way that we don't fully understand, enjoy this triune fellowship of love, Father and Son loving each other in the power of Spirit. And they were overflowingly joyful. God was overflowingly joyful, needing nothing else, perfectly content. And yet... For reasons we'll never fully understand, he said, I want to make us. And not only that, he, he made us and he, he wants to welcome us in at great cost to himself. If you've ever experienced incredible hospitality, back to Australia, I remember the first weeks that we were living in Sydney, a family that we had never met before put us up, took care of food, helped us kind of get moved in. We felt almost awkward at the level of inconvenience they were putting themselves to to help us feel settled. And... and that's nothing. That's nothing compared to a God who says, I will give my son, and a son who says, I will lay down my life for people who can give nothing back. 
And, and not only to just allow us to kind of enter into the home, but to be welcomed in. Galatians puts it this way. God sent forth his Son to redeem those who were under the law so that we might receive adoption as sons. And because you are sons, God has sent the spirit of his son into our hearts, crying, Abba, Father. I wish we had like, like many, many hours to think about this because there's something extraordinary. It's saying that, that within that love between Father, Son, and Spirit, God says, I'm going to bring you in. I'm going to give you my spirit so that in the same way that, that my son knows what it's like to have me as father, you will be able to cry those same words. You will be able to experience my love. I'm not just going to allow you in as an outsider in the outer room. I'm going to sit you down at the table and say, welcome home, son. Now that is radical hospitality. And that is at the very heart of everything we believe. We believe that at the very heart of the universe is love that welcomes the outsider like you and me. And if we allow that to shape us, if we allow that to transform us as it should, then we will see, of course, we want to be a people who extend radical hospitality. Because that is who we are, because that is who our God is. This is one of the reasons why, as a church, we, we keep on working to try to grow in our ability to welcome the newcomer. Every time someone sets foot in our doors on a Sunday morning, we have the opportunity to show the gospel by doing whatever we can to make them feel welcome and like they belong. And this is why we are so excited about what we're seeing in, in, with World Relief. Here is an opportunity where literally the stranger is being brought into our community and we have the chance to show the radical hospitality of God. Now, of course, not all of you will be able to participate in World Relief in, in like a hands-on way. I mean, that's just, I think that's clear, right? I mean, there's so many of you already who are serving in our communities and serving each other in really tangible ways, and, and God gives each of us limits. And yet at the same time, there's another sense where I think all of us can participate, because that's the way a body works. Like, you know, if, if someone just wins the Super Bowl, and it was an amazing throw by the quarterback that, that got a touchdown, and, and someone talks about how great the quarterback played, and the quarterback said, sorry, it was just my arm, it wasn't me. It doesn't make sense, right? The arm is part of the body. And in the same way, some of you, I believe, I, I'm praying, I'm hoping that some of you will feel called to participate in World Relief in a very hands-on way. And when you're doing that as the body, so are the rest of us. Others of us will be participating through prayer, will be excited, will be encouraging, but all of us together will be a part of it because that is what we're called to be. We are called to be a community who shows radical hospitality because that is who our God is and that is our gospel. 